Are you one of those Christian wackos that believes in the rapture? Well, stick around and find out if we are. Welcome to the program today. My name is Mono Gonzalez, and I'm here in studio with Dr. Tommy Ice. Welcome. Thank you. And Dr. Tommy is a expert in biblical prophecy who also believes in a rapture. I guess that would qualify you as a as a wacko to some. And sure, you know, there's a lot of labels going around uh, for those that believe in the left behind eschatology, and there's a lot of uh, mudslinging. Um, and and part of it is. Uh, for those of us who, who study it, we study it seriously. We love the Bible, and um, we develop our theology from, from the Scripture itself and not from other things. But um, th there's this, it, it just refuses to die, this, this theory. And people write in and say, have you not heard that dispensational teaching, um, maybe give a little bit of background on what that is, began in the 1820s with Darby and McDonald. And I mean, you have a degree in historical theology. You've done a tremendous amount of research at trying to really kill this theory. G give our audience just kind of a little bit of background. Yeah, well, uh, it is true that Darby uh, was one of the first modern person to articulate a preacher of rapture. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how he discovered it in his studies during his convalescence in 1827 uh, from a horse accident. And so he's reading nothing but the Bible during his convalescence, and he began to realize the preacher of rapture, and he talks about that in his writings. Well, people come along and say, well, he got it from a demonic source from Margaret MacDonald, who was this, uh, because there was this whole phase called the Irvinite movement that began to happen of people getting direct, supposed direct revelation from God and all of this. But when you sit and read, and Darby went and investigated it, but it was after he had already come to his views on the preacher of rapture. And so in my writings, I've established and shown that, uh, that that's the case. But then uh, when you read Margaret McDonald's uh, record, and there are two different ones, and they differ, you know, because you had stenographers back then that took things down. And uh, it, it's not pre-trib at all. It, it could be a partial rapture, but it's probably a post-trib rapture. And so it's not even a pre-trib rapture. But they try to sell this as the influence, you know, to Darby. And uh, it's just not, there's just no basis for it when you examine it. There's a lot of rhetoric out there and, and stuff. And people see, who don't like pre-tribulationism tend to be attracted to that. And so they bring that up oftentimes. And obviously the average lay person's not going to be able to answer that. You know, you know, it's a it's a technical thing, but it's a popular thing, you know, that's out there for people that hate pre-trib. And uh, so you had other people over the years develop anti-pre-trib views because it was new. Now we have we're finding more and more, we're up to like 50 <laughs> pre-Darby rapture views all the way back to the first century and uh, throughout church history. As, uh, and who knows, if we knew German and Italian and all these other things, we'd probably find even more. 
you know, for us, we do believe in a preacher rapture, not because of Darby or really anybody else in church history, but because of the Bible. And, you know, that's one of the themes that you bring up here uh, in the book. And as we think about our modern, um, I want to transition a little bit, as we think about our modern age, one of the themes that we talk about, certainly here all the time, and as well as in the book, one of the chapters is Israel, God's super sign of the end times. Uh, why is Israel so important in the, in the prophetic plan of God? Well, because Israel's God's chosen people that He's working through, the Jewish people, and, uh, you know, they're the most persecuted people in history. And so uh, no other people have left their native homeland and maintained their ethnic identity outside, and it's been almost 2,000 years that they've done that, 1,900 years, uh, and then return to their thing. It's a miracle. That's why it's a mess over there. Mm -hmm. I have quotes in a lot of my writings about how the Jews will never c come back to Israel. All this is pre-1948 mm -hmm. type stuff. In fact, I have a book uh, by a guy who was my mother's pastor in Arlington, Texas, about why, a whole book, uh, a Southern Baptist guy on why the Jews, it was, it was published in 1946 about why the Jews would never return to the land of Israel. It's so funny. <laughs> and uh, he gives all these, re whole book on that, you know, and it's obviously, the guy died in 1946. So uh, he found out two years earlier when he went to heaven, I assume. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, there's all this kind of stuff against it. But when you look at the literal fulfillment of prophecy like we believe in, the stage is being set. We're seeing the world moving into the direction exactly like uh, the Bible predicts. The, you have the different sides, so to speak, developing and just like the Bible indicates. And uh, so we're, we're seeing uh, the events leading up to uh, post-rapture events coming into place, even in our own day. One of the things that Tommy brought up is really the, the ways in which people have looked at Israel, especially prior to 1948, and you know, I wrote an article for the magazine just last month, uh, why Israel is ground zero, and I did the same thing. I went and looked at pre-1948 commentaries and how they said, there's no way, no way, no way, and others have said, yes, 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 and it really was based on how you interpret the Bible, but we want to take a little break right now so that you can see how we get the magazine, because we have articles by yourself, we have articles by other scholars on a monthly basis handling the current events, so we're going to take a little moment so that you can see how to get our really great magazine. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Bob Ulrich, Gary Stearman's partner and the co-founder of Prophecy Watchers. I would love to tell you how you can become a subscriber to our wonderful Prophecy Magazine, creatively named The Prophecy Watcher. And ready for this? How you can get eight powerful Prophecy DVDs as a free bonus for subscribing today. Every day, the ancient prophecies of the Bible get more and more exciting as we watch world events come into perfect alignment with the words of the ancient prophets. Examine the pre-trib rapture doctrine taught by the Apostle Paul. Come to a deeper understanding of the giants of Genesis 6 and the real reason for the flood of Noah. Read the shocking things we see coming out of the world of science and technology, mind-blowing advances in transhumanism and artificial intelligence. Keep a close eye for a series of wars coming very soon to the Middle East. The Bible's a supernatural book, and we enjoy covering the fringe subjects and dark corners of Scripture as well. UFOs, the Nephilim, the miracles of the Bible, and so much more. 
It's a one-of-a-kind publication full of articles that will make you a Bible prophecy expert and prepare you for the future. We have a very special subscription offer for you today for your gift of $50 or more to support the worldwide outreach of Prophecy Watchers. You can subscribe to either the digital version or the print version of our magazine. And here's the best part. In addition to receiving 12 monthly issues of the magazine, this offer comes with a fantastic bonus. Eight DVDs from some of the leading prophecy experts in the world today. Eight DVDs plus 12 issues of the magazine represents a $200 value. But it's available today for your gift of just $50 or more to support the work of Prophecy Watchers. This offer is available anywhere in the USA and will ship both the magazine and the DVDs absolutely free. Don't wait or hesitate. Call the toll-free number on your screen or visit our online bookstore at prophecywatchers.tv to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Looking at the future through the lens of Bible prophecy is the entire focus of this ministry. We're motivated like never before by our desire to tell the world that Jesus is the only answer for these troubling times. And we do believe that he's coming back very soon, just as he promised. Partner with us today. Help us take God's message of salvation through Jesus Christ to the whole world. Well, I really hope you do get the magazine because we're able to, on a monthly basis, really interact with really the current events as well as the current theological landscape. We can address really the confusion. That's really one of the goals here. And we talked about Israel. One of the other things that you bring up here, which is really, um, it's probably one of the key elements, Israel being another one, but a lot of people get confused on the 70 weeks of Daniel. You have it here. There's charts in here. It's great. Um, why is the 70 weeks of Daniel important? How does it shape really everybody's, everybody has to deal with it because it's in the Bible, but how does it shape our understanding of really the end time scenario? Well, the 70 weeks of Daniel are, are very important because in the development of the canon of Israel's uh, Old Testament, you have Israel being sent into captivity. Now, you had the northern kingdom go to Assyria earlier, but the the northern kingdom began to go apostate. Many of the Jews from all the different tribes moved to uh, Jerusalem in that area. And so you had them from all, from all the 12 tribes when uh, Jerusalem was uh, captured by the Babylonians. And uh, so you have Daniel who is sent there. And in the ancient world, they believed that if one country conquered another, then the God of that country was more powerful than the, the country that was conquered. And of course, the book of Daniel spends the first four, five, six chapters showing, demonstrating that uh, the God of Israel is really in charge and he's just disciplining his people. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar finally got the lesson around chapters five or six. And uh, so you have God showing his sovereignty by in chapters two and repeating it in chapter seven, that outline of Israel's history because they would probably wonder, what's, what's going to happen to us? You know, I thought we were the chosen people, all of this. And so he's laying out in this, uh, even gives the number of years, the chronology of when things will happen. And so when the time began in 444 B.C., based on a 360-day year, uh, you have it ending, the first 69 weeks of year, ending on the very day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. 
And he says there in Luke, had you known the time of your visitation, it made for blessing. But instead, he talks about judgment. He, he prophesies AD 70 destruction there. And so that means that the, 60, the 70th week of Daniel has been postponed. And uh, because four days later, it says after the 69th week of years, he'll be cut off and have nothing. And four days later, he was cut off and have nothing, what that refers to is the six infinitives that you have in verse 24 that are going to be fulfilled when the 70 weeks of years are fulfilled. And none of them had been fulfilled, not, not a single one. And so God put in a postponement of the 70th week, which is the church age, which when you get to the New Testament is said to be a mystery, a secret not something that's hard to understand, but just something that was not revealed. The book of Daniel is where you hear about secrets and mystery. That word mystery is used a lot. And so you come to the New Testament, the epistles, the church says the church was a mystery, is hidden. Uh, there's, there's talk about Gentiles being saved, like in the millennium and various other things, but never is the church age revealed in the Old Testament until... Uh, it, it began to be revealed on the day of Pentecost from there on. And so that church age is a time when God is taking out from among the Gentiles a people for his name along with a remnant of Jewish people. And they're, they're brought into a single new body called the new man. So you can't have the 70th uh, week of Daniel fulfilled where Israel is the instrument through which God's working with the church where you have co-equality between Jew and Gentile. And that's the logic for the preacher of rapture, mm -hmm. by the way, to end the temporary church age so that he can fulfill a uh, return and re, uh, fulfill the 70th week prophecy, which leads to the conversion of the Jewish people. The condition for the second coming is to, for the Jews to call a Messiah to rescue them. They're going to do that. And uh, that, the 70th week is this seven-year tribulation. And I've read some people that say that there's a greater volume of Scripture that talks about the 70th week of Daniel, that seven-year period, than any other time in, in the Bible, even more than Christ's first coming. And that's pretty amazing. There are passages all throughout the prophets and uh, other places about this time. And so there's a tremendous emphasis on this, and this is still future to our own day. And so we see the stage being set. We see the preparation for this. And so an even though Christ could come at any moment, he could have come when the book of James had been written. But he hasn't come for 2,000 years. And so it heightens our expectation when you see, uh, and the church over time has begun to understand these passages better, I think, and uh, you see that, these, that we're on the verge of this. And just in the last 18 months, we've seen the collapse of America. And that used to be the most, the question I got more than anything. What about it? Where's American Bible prophecy? We're so dominant and all this. That question's fading now. And how fast it can fade, we, we tend to minimize that, that look at what's happened. You know, we've seen some stuff with Afghanistan, our, you know, our weakness shown around the world. We, we tend to think a little too highly of our strength and that God can't remove it in a moment if he wanted. I mean, it's been 18 months and, and 
goodness, we're going down. Actually, less than a year is really when it when Liberty's it gone, economy is struggling, yes. you know, the future, we have infiltration in, in the social camps, you know, in the sense of social indoctrination. It's pretty amazing. God's taking care of what about America? Mm -hmm. And uh, who knows what's going to happen to America. By the way, China is not a, a big factor either. Yeah. And so, you know, you see people talk about China is going to dominate the world, and they might. They're struggling in their own yes. economy, too, with, you know, some of their policies. I read an article this week. Um, their policies of one child has hurt them because they, now they, they're having a labor shortage. And so it's pretty amazing. You know, one of the things I would like to, your, your comments on is when we think about um, you know, people think, saying that, oh, the book of Daniel, the 70 weeks have already been fulfilled and, and, and the rest of it. But you go to Daniel chapter 12 and th that verses one, really one through three, and, and comparing it with Jesus's comment all of a discourse, you have this idea of this time of great distress that has never existed in the history of the world and never will be again. And yet mm -hmm. somehow certain scholars who we would disagree with, they go, yeah, you know, the, 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 the AD 70 destruction was a time of distress. And you're like, really? There's never, that's been the worst that's ever existed, you know, in the history. It's hard for me to see how they, how they find that fulfillment, but we know the consistency there. Well, how they find that a fulfillment is they believe it had to have happened in AD 70. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they have to go back and try to figure out how to interpret everything. Mm -hmm. but, but first of all, you do have that mentioned in Luke uh, 24. Mm -hmm. Is it 24 or 21? 21, yeah. 21. Mm -hmm. it, it, there are nine, eight or nine points that ha did happen in Luke uh Verses 20 through 24. And we're not denying, right, the right, fulfillment of, of the destruction of Jerusalem. That's and, one of the questions. And that was prophesied mm -hmm. in that passage. But when mm -hmm. you go to Matthew, well, actually, even after uh, Luke uh, 24, verse 25 through 29 mm -hmm. is future, future tribulation. Mm -hmm. But uh, Matthew and Mark, Mark 13 and Matthew 24 are talking about the future. Here's one of the interesting things. There's not one mention in Matthew 24 of the destruction of Jerusalem. Or there's no judgment language mm -hmm. at all in the Olivet Discourse against Israel. Yeah, and there's no specifics. Mm -mm. Right. You cannot find any of that stuff from AD 70. Well, there are similarities every time Jerusalem is, is surrounded, you know, in 586 and uh, the different times that Jerusalem has been surrounded something like 39 times, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the decision you'd have to make is, are we going to be able to hold up if it, you are, then stay. And that's why Jesus says, when this happens, he's talking about uh, the future, flee. Yeah. You know, you flee Jerusalem because, it, and then you talk, see in Zechariah, in the future, it talks about the whole world's gathering in Jerusalem, and half of the city is taken over. Yeah. That's not all the city like AD 7. They try to merge all of these things mm -hmm. together in, into this thing. And so uh, Matthew 24 and 25 are future, and Christ gave that about three days before he uh, died on the cross, and it's for Israel. And that's why Two days later, he gives the upper room discourse. Yeah, hold on to that. Church. I want to talk about that when we come back from the break here. Great, the break here. As you can see, we, we're scratching the surface of a tremendous amount of information, but uh, this book 
with charts is great, and we're going to give you an opportunity to see how you can get this, you know, this tremendous overview of, of end times, really, theology. Much confusion surrounds the study of Bible prophecy, which we find curious since most everyone wants to know what will happen in the future. Most churches don't teach or study Bible prophecy and rarely look at the role of Israel in future events. But the study of Bible prophecy shouldn't make us fearful. It gives us hope to face the future knowing what lies ahead for the world. It should encourage us to share the gospel with everyone we meet as we enter a time the Bible calls the last days. Those future prophecies we find in the Bible are coming clearly into focus today. Dr. Tommy Ice's hardback book, Charting the End Times, is an amazing foundational study into Bible prophecy from Genesis to Revelation. This well-researched book contains 50 chapters and is available for your gift of $35 or more to support the outreach ministry of Prophecy Watchers. As always, shipping is included anywhere in the USA. It also comes with a free bonus DVD from Gary Stearman, The Rapture is the Resurrection, a detailed study on the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Just call the toll-free number on your screen 24-7 to get the book and bonus DVD. Or visit our online bookstore at prophecywatchers.tv. We also have a special package offer for you today. The A to Z Prophecy Package includes Dr. Ice's new book along with Tim LaHaye's book, Exploring Bible Prophecy from Genesis to Revelation. This is a book every Christian should own since it explores and explains every single prophecy in the entire Bible. These two resources will make you a Bible prophecy expert. The A to Z Prophecy Package also comes with two special bonuses, a copy of Gary's message on DVD, The Rapture is the Resurrection, and a very special one-of-a-kind DVD from the late Tim LaHaye presenting his very last sermon on Bible prophecy, a powerful and encouraging message delivered on his 90th birthday. The famous author of the Left Behind book series shared our desire to keep as many people out of the tribulation as possible. This special A to Z prophecy package is available for your gift of $60 or more, with shipping included anywhere in the USA. The Bible gives us all the answers we need to face the complicated days ahead and gives us hope for the future. So be encouraged. Jesus is returning soon. So one of the other things that, that you discuss here, which I really wanted to save it for the end because I find it just really the heart of the Savior. Um, when we think about John 14 and his really the first mention of what we'd call the rapture or the gathering, and, and you have a, a chapter in here uh, comparing John 14 and 1 Thessalonians 4. Talk about that. Well, you have the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in which they're much of uh, what's in one or in the others. John's gospel is very different. Only 92% of John's gospel is not found in any of the other gospels, mm -hmm. only uh, 8%. And here you have what is called the upper room discourse. So he doesn't have the Olivet discourse. He has the upper room discourse the night before Christ was killed at the Last Supper. 
And uh, that runs chapters 13 through 17. Actually, chapter 17's in the garden, but it's part of continuation of the upper room discourse. And so you see, once Judas leaves the room, uh, two-thirds of the way through chapter 13, everything he talks about is brand new church age truth. So this is where he introduces the new truth that is then expanded upon by the epistles. And you see, for example, Paul in his second epistle, 1 Thessalonians, and then later in 2 Thessalonians, just a few months later, you have him ex- teaching the preacher of rapture and everything. But he, Jesus introduces the rapture in John 14, 1 through 3. And if you go through uh, a Mennonite guy in the 1960s saw examined all the passages relating to the second coming and related passages. And uh, this is on page 114 mm-hmm. in our chart book. And he, show, he compared it with 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through uh, 18. And he, and he saw eight progressions in both passages, and they're exactly the same. Uh, they're, they're the logic and, and chronology of the, the development of those passages. Yeah, the sequence is very tight. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same in both passages. And he examined every other eschatological passage, and there was no similarities like this. Mm-hmm. And so what you have is Christ introducing in these three verses the preacher of rapture for the church, and then right off the bat in Paul's writing career, so to speak, Galatians was his first one at the Jerusalem Council. And so here he's writing the Thessalonians and he, he talks about the rapture and it follows the same exact logic. And I think, you know, some people try to say, well, 1 Thessalonians uh, or 14, John 14, 1 through 3 is just talking about death and all of this kind of stuff. It's done at funerals and things. Well, I'm sorry, it, it's more than that. So Jesus introduces the rapture in conjunction with the rest of what he talked about in the Upper Room Discourse of the mysteries that they're called, the new revelation about the nature and purpose of the church age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so right off the bat in that section, he talks about the rapture. And that is something not found, I believe, in the Olivet Discourse. And uh, I, I think uh, people that see it in the Olivet Discourse have to interject it. it doesn't, uh, the Olivet Discourse is talking about the tribulation period, you know, the 70th, 70th week of Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to, I want to read this passage, you know, in our remaining time here, because uh, when we think about um, Jesus' comments, I mean, to me, it's just, it's just such a rich, so personal. Mm-hmm. We got that, we got a minute left. You want to read that? Oh, okay. We see in John 14, 1 through 3, where Jesus talks about the rapture. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, In other words, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and take you or receive you uh, to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so we see this promise that Christ has for believers. And if you're watching and you're not a one one who has trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's very simple and easy to do. You have to realize that you're fallen, you're sinful, you're rebelled against God, and that you now want to trust His payment on the cross as a payment for your sin, which will enable you to then have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you're trading in your sin for His righteousness, 
and he will uh, make you part of God's forever family. And uh, then from then on, you'll be able to serve Jesus Christ until he takes us to be with him or we die and go be with him. You know, what a great way to end this program. Uh, Tommy, I appreciate you being here. We're, we're covering your, your new book that gives an overview of all of end times uh, eschatology. And again, as, as we come, the, the point is not to become an expert necessarily on end times theology, but uh, even though that's, that's good, but it also is to point us to Jesus, as Tommy mentioned. So we appreciate you watching this week. Um, as always, we, we look around, the signs are happening. Jesus himself, Mark 13, 37. Be watching, be ready. He's coming soon. So thank you for watching, and we will see you next time.